0: I'm more excited to be talking to you about task management. You are going to love it. We have to accept that tech is
1: coming into the world
0: and we have to prepare
1: our our pupils for the real world.
0: This method is really a game-changing way of invigilating, to be honest.
2: Welcome to the Surpass Community Podcast.
3: Hello, I hope you're all well. It's the 26th of March and this is the Surpass Community Weekly Update with Tim Burnett. Uh, I'm going to leave this up uh, on the ticker. So if you're listening on the podcast, this is this past conference, uh, save the date. So we're going to run the conference as a virtual event on the 4th to the 8th of um, October um, we may still try and do some local uh, activities but we're just working on the basis at the moment that international travel certainly will be disrupted still there might still be some local travel within your particular region so that's where we plan on doing uh, some hybrid activity but please do get the data in your diary and I've got some more information to come with uh, come up in a, a moment just about um, how to uh, vote for these past conference 2020 but if you want more information to register your interest and save the date go to conference.surpass.com so first of all um just a reminder really, last week we did a webinar with kat and andy to talk about um, open dyslexic font and the user research that they've been doing recently on this and um we've had some really quite positive uh, feedback and uh, interest from members of the community that want to get involved more in this um you know, from the us in terms of research particularly in the area of uh, special educational needs for k-12 but also in the professional sector as well with Uh, looking at other languages and uh, and international kind of aspects of uh, dyslexia because it's not just something that you know is localized to one region um so just a bit of a reminder for you really this is just uh andy and Kat talking about this particular uh, font and the research that they have been doing
2: so just to reiterate what what cat said earlier uh, you know dyslexia doesn't mean it's a like you've got a lack of intelligence it is just a difficulty reading words and understanding them uh, there's various different reasons behind that uh, but basically the open source font um it's it is that it's open source which basically means it's free for anybody to use i think we've got a link to it uh, further down the presentation um yeah and
1: Open dyslexic.org. I think I've, I've not actually put it in the presentation, but we will be sharing the slide deck afterwards. So we'll include it when we send those resources out. Yep.
2: So as I said, anybody's who's able to go and download it and use it for yourself, you can do suffer from dyslexia. And even if you don't got, maybe go and have a look at it and, and maybe you'll, you'll find it easier to use yourself. Uh, but the way it works is it increases the spaces between the words. And it also increases the weight at the bottom of a word of, of, of a letter as well. Uh, so you can see there at the bottom of this slide the, the bottom of the o and the bottom of the d are a lot deeper and what the weight means is it basically just increases the thickness of the letter um, and how that works is it allows somebody with dyslexia to be able to keep on the same line so when pe- when pe- we talk about people that suffer from dyslexia the way the way it works for them sometimes um is that the words are jumbled up on the screen and they, they move around and things like that and they lose where they are on the page uh, Having a font like Open Dyslexic, which which the spacing of the letters and the words are, is a lot bigger and um, a lot more easy to read for them, uh, really allows them to keep track of where they are in the, in in the content and the information that they're reading.
3: It was a really, really, really interesting uh, webinar. So I do recommend that you go back and watch it again on com slash webinars. Um, and there you'll find links to the research information that Kat and Andy talk about as part of this. And really just sharing about the kind of wider accessibility and usability research that they do as part of the team. I think just on this particular font, I was talking to a colleague at work and he watched the webinar and he's actually installed the font for his normal working practice. Uh, because although he's not registered dyslexic, he finds it a lot easier to... Re- process and use information and he's also done things like changing the background to uh, black etc so the, you know, there's there's so many usability features which are coming into products more and more uh, it's becoming thankfully a quite quite integral part of the work that we do so please do check that out if you want more information next up we're just going to talk about feature updates so a few weeks ago uh, holly and tom uh, both gave a webinar on the latest features which are coming in surpass, the 1225 release. Um, and here's Holly just explaining a bit more about the item set history information. Um, so here's Holly.
0: So much like item set comments, you know, item history already exists in Surpass. So if you're familiar with how item history works currently, basically viewing the history just allows you to view a full audit trail for all events that have taken place in your item. So it's obviously really useful for audit purposes, just to you know, keep track of what exactly has been changed in your item and also quite importantly, who has made those changes as well. So the item history details information, like if you've made changes to the question text, the answer options. So if you've added or removed an answer option, If you've added or removed source material and media, so, you know, and comments as well. So comments are actually tracked in here as well, which is quite useful and (laughs) ties in nicely with the previous feature. But yeah, lots of details tracked in here. So again, all we've done is bring over that functionality that already exists because obviously our users find it really useful and we've popped it into item sets as well. So just a, a couple of different things with item sets, obviously there are going to be some more item set specific details in there. So I'll, I'll just jump back into surpass now and show you what that looks like. So I'll open the item history. So again, it's in the exact same place as it is in items. And it also looks exact same as well so the only difference is we don't have a status column and that's because item sets don't have workflow statuses so everything else in this table is the exact same as the usual item history so as you can see we have the the version number for the item set on the left who last edited the item set so it displays the name of the user tells you the date and the time and it also tells you kind of the main change that has taken place and then gives you a bit more bit more details um, about that change. So, for example, you can see that I've got some comments in here, I've had some media added, and then if I just expand this drop down, you can see that there's lots more details to view. So I've changed the name of the item set, for example, I've added some shared text. And if you're just referring to the key, then you can see that any text that's green and in the yellow box, that just mean that it's been added. And then on the flip side, if it's a red strike through, that means that it's been removed from the item set. So just going back to those item set specific um, details. So we've got item set properties, obviously they're unique to item sets. So we've got two item set properties. We've got allow randomization of item set and fix the order of items. So if you have enabled or you've cleared those check boxes, then that will also be tracked in here. And then lastly, we have another really, you know, interesting um, bit of history for your item sets. If you have had any items added or removed from your item set, it will also display that in here as well. But again, it's just enhancing that user experience. I feel like a lot of these features in this release, you know, we're working, quite heavily on just ensuring that the user experience is as good as it possibly can be and just making sure that we're filling this gap in item sets just so that all of all of the item set users can track all the events that have taken place in their item set.
3: Thank you for that, Holly. It was uh, really fascinating to delve um, into a new feature in there. And it just shows how much detail there is in audit trails. And it's one of the things that I think you probably picked up from the previous weeks from the some of the new community members that have been saying that they're wanting to use Spass for back banking because it provides so much rich information. Go to spasscom slash webinars to watch that and loads of other webinars that we've got out there. So there's plenty to to watch. And then, um, oh, sorry, i have already done. That. Um, next up, I had a conversation with Neil Dickinson from the user experience and design team. Um, just to learn a little bit more about what they've been doing re- recently, how they kind of look at continuing professional development within the team and some of the features that they're working on. So here's a bit of a chat with uh, Neil Dickinson. Hi, Neil. Thanks for joining me today. Um, so just tell me a little bit more about the user experience team and your role within it first.
1: Okay yeah so I'm the um, senior UX uh, UI designer in the sort of user experience team uh, design team here at BTL and I've uh, been working for BTL now for just over 4 years so yeah so we are a team of uh, 8 8 people now uh, we have a design manager we have a user researcher and then a team of uh, interaction designers
3: and each each with the the scrum teams within the the organization each team has um dedicated user experience resource assigned to that doesn't it
1: that's right yes um each uh, each of each of the teams has a uh, design member to sort of oversee the look uh, the user experience of uh surpass and delivery yes. uh, uh which are our main products that we work on here at BTL
3: Brilliant. I understand. Also, you so you've been doing uh, interactive design foundation courses. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you want to just tell me a bit about that? What What is that?
1: Okay, so the uh, interaction um, design foundation courses uh, are sort of a series of um, of product design courses covering um, design thinking, accessibility, um, UX management. and then there's a, there's a couple of uh, more specialized ones in human computer interaction so they're uh quite long form courses for so about twenty to thirty hours um there's covered in videos and articles where there's there's questions and uh essays to write um so it's, sort of for various questions um so uh, and the team has access to that. All, all the team members have access to that. And that's just a way of us keeping on top of, uh, current sort of design trends, uh, learning new skills and, you know, then reintegrating all that sort of learned knowledge back into the team and sort yeah. of passing it on across the business. That's awesome,
3: because I remember back in the day, yeah, I suppose the design's kind of creative input would be to get creative review delivered once a month and have it on a pile and never actually <laughs> look at it. But it sounds like you guys are, are actively looking to mature your skills, because it's a changing situation, UX, access, accessibility, it's very much a changing situation, isn't it?
1: That's right. Yeah, I mean, we, we've obviously got to sort of see what our, the current trends are, look at Better, more efficient ways of how we create output and designs um, you know improve ways of um, doing user research and getting user feedback on uh, the surpassed product and um, you know keeping up with current design trends uh against the industry so
3: and it's not just because you you mentioned uh, when we were chatting earlier about our accessibility course and it's it's not just about the I suppose the thinking and the logic and the theory. There's coding in there as well, isn't there?
1: That's right. Yes. So um, it's it's because we create digital products. It's we have to be sort of mindful that our product needs to work for everyone, regardless of um, um, user, uh, regardless of their needs. And um, so it's it's wise to be sort of mindful that um, it isn't just about the sort of presentation of the uh, software, but it's also how it's been coded up as well. Uh, So it's just, uh, you know, it's it's part of being a sort of mature designer is understanding all aspects of design so we can, um, you know, improve the product um, uh, for everyone. Mature designer. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>
3: um, so, the, with, the, in terms of other activities that have been going on at the moment, then um, I understand you've been working on some the new kind of custom question types. Do you want to just tell us a bit more about that?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, the custom question type is um, allows us to create um, item types outside typical product release, um, so we can deliver to the client quickly. Or quicker than typically. Uh, so at the moment, I'm working on a graphing and charting tool for several of our clients, um, and that project that project's been running for at least six months now. We've had um, several iterations of user feedback, which is the ideal process. That's how we like to sort of design, getting user feedback. Uh, so, and that that product has changed quite a bit, but no, it's becoming better and better with every iteration. It's, it's really improving. It's become quite a tight product now. Um, so, you know, we can be quite excited to sort of reveal that to, uh, our sort of uh, the surpass customer base. Um, yeah.
3: That's okay. really, yeah. I think and it's, it's going to be really exciting times. And I think just to call out really to the SPAS community, if anyone is wanting to get involved, I know um, some of our clients have already been involved in the research, but if anyone is wanting to get involved in that research, then please do uh, get in touch with Neil and the team. Well, thank you for much. It sounds like you've been very busy. Uh, it sounds like you've got a lot on. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And uh, uh, I hope things are, are kind of relatively settled. Uh, so uh, you take care. Thank you, Neil. And we'll hope to speak to you soon.
1: Okay, thanks, Tim. Cheers. See you. Bye.
3: Thank you, Neil. And, yeah, just to call out. If you do want to get involved in research with the uh, Spass user experience and research team, then please do uh, get in touch. Uh, we'd love to get more people involved in that. Now, SPAS Conference 2020 was, um, for us, was a huge success. We've had no end of people re- get in touch with us after the event saying how uh, they really enjoyed it and we took a quite innovative approach to it so we're up for a people's choice award for uh, for the virtual events and um, we would really appreciate your uh, input and your support on that so if you would like to vote for this past conference 2020 the virtual conference go to com slash vote uh, and we'll be keeping you informed about more information about what's going to happen at this year's conference as well just looking ahead to events, so the Performance Testing Council Summit is next week, and that's the 30th and 31st of March, I believe. Just double-check. Uh, if you search Performance Testing Council, you'll find more information about that. Um, there's the uh, ICE, uh, I've got a call for papers. And it's, the deadline was for today, but they've actually extended it a week. Uh, so that's now the 2nd of April. So you've got just a little bit more time to get your submissions in for that. Um, coming up then in April, on the 21st, is the Beyond Multiple Choice um. Uh, webinar so they do a conference uh, later on in november but the the jeff and uh, brian who were on the show a few weeks ago just explained about the conference and and what the work that they do they're holding a webinar uh on the 21st we're going to be doing some uh, lightning demos as part of that so i'm looking forward to being involved in that conference And then finally, uh, if you haven't already heard, one of the big events of the year is the ATP in testing conference. That's on the 27th to 29th of April. Uh, We've got three presentations involved in that. It's Kat and Andy talking a bit more about the user experience uh, and research. Um, It's going to be actually Steve Wienicke and I think it's going to be Chris Morrison now. Uh, Abby's going to be unavailable for a few weeks, Uh, but uh, we're looking forward to uh, that presentation um and then amanda and chris again are going to be talking about standard setting as part of a round table so uh i was on the call with the atp group that they were demonstrating the platform and it's going to be a really quite engaged and exciting event this year so plenty of rich content uh plenty of information and news to to, to glean really um and then just looking at other community news events and jobs so we've got a few bits to share but i'm up on here um, so a uh, big shout out for Sonia. She's been um, pulled out as a, a kind of quote for uh, some work that Lisa Flores has been doing recently. Um Sonia, if you don't know, is our managing director for the uh, UK organization, and she's an award winner. She won a Stevie Award for uh, her excellence in, uh, uh, in the assessment sector and the work that she does. So uh, Sonia is an excellent member of the team, so please do check that out. Um, also, AEA Europe, i have got another special interest group webinar coming up on the 21st of um, April, sorry, on the 14th of April. Uh, it's about the 21st century uh, rethink and assessment. I think quite a timely one. Thanks to Liam Simington for uh, sharing that. Uh, and then just, again, about the Beyond Multiple Choice, just a bit of an insight into the type of presentation you'll see there. So we've got Council for Aid to Education uh, are doing a presentation uh, around some of the research that they've been doing uh, around the SATs. And then finally, um, just pull this one out of the bag, really, just as an addition uh, how leaders and their organizations can help uh, prevent burnout. I think quite a timely topic at the moment, just to make sure that people aren't suffering too much stress and are working quite efficiently. So um, that's it from me. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening and watching. Uh, and I'll see you all next week. We're going to be bringing it out on Thursday because of the Easter holidays uh, next weekend. So I'll speak to you on Thursday. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. To keep up to date with the latest information from our Surpass community, visit Surpass.com. We'll be back with another podcast soon. Thank you for listening.